This message is brought to you by Croydon Tabernacle, a part of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Our mission is reconciling the individual, community and the nation to God. Be blessed as you listen. We thank God for what the Lord is doing. Our God is a faithful God. Our God is a faithful God. What he says he will do, that is what he will do. And the Lord, in his infinite mercies, he never shares his glory with any man. You know, he stands alone, the Bible says, as Lord of all. He's the giver of life, peace, and prosperity. You know, God is God alone. And there is no controversy about that. And uh, we just want to say thank you to Almighty God for what he's doing every day in the lives of every people, in the life of everybody, in the life of God's people, uh, the way God has been, um, has been giving us numerous, countless testimonies. It could only be him. Lord, we give you all the praise. Hallelujah. In the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Hebrews 12, 28, then I will read 29. Hebrews chapter 12, I'll read 28 and 29. It says, therefore, since we are all receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, now concluded that. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. As God loves his children so much, that God can do anything to protect his children. You know, God can do anything to lead his children, like, as we have prayed, in the path of righteousness, for his name's sake. The same God, if you do not serve him acceptably, can also be a consuming fire. Uh, we thank God for what the Lord is doing. You know, today is Thanksgiving Sunday. And um, it is only by his mercies that we are here. You know, God is God. There is no controversy about it. And God will do what he says he will do, no matter what. You know, we want to serve God the way God wants to be served. You know, not the way we chose for ourselves to say, hey, this is the way pattern I want to follow. You know, God has his own way. And for us to be able to serve him acceptably, we must serve him in his own ways. Not in the ways we plan in our head that we want to serve him, or, or the way that is convenient for us. You know, when God gives a specification, when he gives a pattern, you know, that pattern must be followed. You remember when the temples were being built? You know, God said to Moses, he said, he has empowered Bezalel, the son of Uri. Is in Exodus chapter 31 or 30. That he has put his spirit inside of them. That they will do everything according to specification. According to the way that he has laid it down. That it must be done. So for us to serve God anyhow, it's not an excuse. God must be served with reverence 
with honor and according to his specification. What is grace? You know, in yesterday's open heaven, and you know, some of many of us read it. You know, the general verse in that text described grace as a gift from God that can summarily be described as God's help. You know, a gift from God that can summarily be described as God's help. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 15 verse 5. John chapter 15 verse 5. He says, without me, you can do nothing. There's nothing we can do if Christ, if Jesus is not involved in it. And Jesus, because of the mercies of God, God gave us Jesus to come and die for us. And Jesus releases that grace upon our lives every day. And it is because of that grace, that's why you and I, we are sitting down here today. I can tell you categorically, if that grace has not been involved, maybe I would have been number one to be, to be long forgotten. But because of that grace, we are alive today. And we are kicking, we are looking radiant, beautiful. Because of God's grace. Remember, we de describe God's grace as a gift from God that we can summarily be described as God's help. You know, we, we all started from a kingdom that was not God's kingdom. Before I gave my life to Christ, before you give your life to Christ, you started from somewhere, don't we? Even in the past, um, during the times of our forefathers, you know, when Christianity, they knew nothing about Christianity, they, they had something that they worship. You know, they would go to their, some of them, they have shrine at the back of their house. Some of them at the entrance like this, you will see some things like that. And that was what they believed in. And that was what they worshipped. So at the time, they worship anything. You know, they, the thing they worship, they, they all add their own head. You know, the head of the kingdom. If it's Ogun, they will say Ogun. They will say, some, some people will say Obatala, you know, from where I came from. So they had all those things that they worship. All those things, you know, they belong to that kingdom. But because you and I, you know, before we met Christ... You know, we, we, we had our own ways of doing things as well. You know, I had my own ways of doing things. I want to please myself and myself alone. I want to do things the way I want to do them. You know, I want to enjoy my life. I want to say, I remember days in university back in Nigeria. Then anybody who come to preach, I, I don't I, I do not do anything. I just say, mm, it is the time of the body that we abuse the body. Please leave me alone. Let me. But, you know, you, you want to... You put yourself in charge of your own life when you are not supposed to. And invariably, you have somebody else that you are worshipping. Of course, you, you, you are worshipping a God that is not the almighty God. Something else. Everybody must bow down to something else. So in that kingdom, we, all of us, we have, we've all been there before. Before you give your life to Christ, except if you are here to give your life to Christ. But 
in that passage that we read, it says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, if you ask me, all those kingdoms that we used to belong to, where are they today? Some of them has perished. Some of them no longer exist. But you and I, we are receiving that kingdom. The Bible says, which cannot be shaken. It says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. You know, the part of the reason why we exist, why we are alive, why you are sitting down here today, is that you may serve God acceptably. That is to say, some people can serve God in a non-acceptable way. So because we are children of God, we need the grace. Serving God acceptably is not what you can do by yourself, by your own understanding. You need Jesus, who is the giver of the grace that is going to be available for you to be able to serve him acceptably. You know, in the book of Colossians chapter 1, 12 to 13, Colossians 1, I will read verse 13 only. It says, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of who? Of the son of his love. God delivered us from the power of darkness. And it is through that son that the grace to live and the grace to serve God acceptably comes from. You know, the God told Moses, he said, go and tell Pharaoh that let my people go so that they will go and serve me. Another version says, so that they will go and worship me in the wilderness. You know, God will do everything possible to protect his own people. Why? Because they want to serve him acceptably. If we go back a little bit from, uh, from that Hebrews that we read earlier. Uh, if you look at that Hebrews, if you look at just verse 1 and 2 of it. Because where we read earlier, it says, therefore, that means some things are, are being said prior to that. So if you go to 1 and 2, then when we have time, let's read the whole of that Hebrews chapter 12. You'll get a proper understanding of what the writer is talking about, about kingdom. In verse 1, it says, therefore, we also, it says, since we are surrounded by a great, a cloud of witnesses, a great, a cloud of witnesses, it is, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Number two, it says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In Hebrews chapter 11, we saw all those witnesses, people who the Bible referred to as the um, the, the uh, people of faith. 
that God referred to them as father of faith because they obeyed God's commandment. And in verse 1 here, it's now saying we are surrounded by these great people. Let us now lay aside every weight. Why? Because weight are what makes people not to be able to serve God in an acceptable manner. I'm very conscious of my time. So I'm trying to So to be able to serve God acceptably, people of God, you need to be able to have the spirit of Christ inside of you. So the question is, do you have that spirit of Christ in you? In Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 51. Luke chapter 9, 51 to 56. It says, now it came to pass. When the time had come for him to receive up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to heaven and sent messengers before his face, and they went. They entered the village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James, John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven? And consume them just like Elijah did. But he turned and rebuked them and said, and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you have. You have of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life, but to save them. And they went to another village. John. And James here, they were disciples of Christ like you and I. You know, they've, been, they've given their life to Christ. They are followers of Christ. But look at the first thing that came to their mind when they saw what happened. The first thing was that they wanted revenge. You know, they wanted to show them the stuff they are made of. No, they wanted to let people know that, yes, we, you can't trample on me and go scot-free. But look at the way Jesus approached them. No, look at the way Jesus draw their focus back to him, to what is important. If Jesus had not been focused, Jesus would have thought, why would they do this? After all, Elijah did the same. But Jesus' focus was different. Because he wanted to serve God acceptably. Is there anybody in your mind that you are thinking, I'm going to take revenge on this person? That I'm going to show them? If you do so, you are not serving God acceptably. You are not. I want you to look carefully about the answer that Jesus gave. He rebuked them. You do not know the manner of spirit you are of. 
Do you have that spirit of Christ? Because without that, it will be difficult to serve God the way God wants to be served. You will get hungry at every slight provocation. You know, it will be difficult to serve. It will be difficult to please even man. Believe me. That's why you have problems in, in places you are not supposed to be having problems. That's why we have problems even in churches. Because people have lost their focus. Just like James and John did here. And God doesn't want us to do that. God doesn't want us to be bench warmers. He doesn't want us to just come for coming's sake. He wants us to serve him correctly. He wants us to have his mind. He says he turned, rebuked them. You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. What manner of spirit are you? The beauty of this is that it is never too late. You know, we can retrace our steps right now, even as we speak. He says, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy. If your mindset is to take revenge, please, just forget about it. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You can't serve God like that. No. It says, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's life. It says, but to save them. Do we think like that? Even when we are so angry with somebody. Is that what we think about? Or do we only think of revenge? Examples of people who serve God acceptably in the Bible. We have many, many examples. Number one, we have Enoch. In Genesis chapter 5, verse 24, you know, the Bible says that he spent his life fellowshipping with God. So the reason why I'm saying this example is that so that we can think about their life. What these people, what did they do to make the Bible to say, yeah, they, 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 to make them to be acceptable before God? He spent his life in fellowship with God. That's Genesis 5.24. And it was not for God took him. That is, he walked with God. Do you walk with God? Another example quickly is Noah. We remember what God, what the Bible say, said about Noah. In Genesis 6, verse 9, verse 9 and 10. In Good News Translation, Genesis 6, 9 and 10, it says, This is the story of Noah. He had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Noah had no faults and was the only good man of his time. He lived in fellowship with God. The first one, Enoch 2, says fellowship with God, walk with God. Noah 2, he lived in fellowship, walk with God. I want you to begin to think about it. Even 
the young ones, the teenagers, the children. Don't think because I'm still young. Maybe this is not relevant to me. Right from now, the Bible says, remember the Lord in the days of your youth. Please, don't discard what is being said this morning. Because it is a way of life. It is, it is, it is where you will find life. It is where you will find life. Look at Enoch. Walk with God. Fellowship with God. Um, Noah, the same thing. If you look at Moses, you know, God, the Bible describes Moses in, in, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 3. As a humble man. He says, more humble than anyone else on earth. These people serve God acceptably. That's why, you know, we can, we can, we can read about their account. And the reason why the Bible is, is so that we can follow in the footsteps of these people. We can learn from it. The Spirit of God ministered to the people that wrote it. Then Moses wrote the first five books. Why? Because God already knew that today you and I will be reading it. So that we can serve him acceptably. So that we will not depend on our intellect. Another example is Zechariah. You know Zechariah in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah, the father of John. Luke chapter 1 from verse 5 to 7. It says, during the time when Herod was king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. Zechariah, who belonged to the priest order of Abijah. His wife's name was Elizabeth. She also belonged to the priest family. Both of them, both Zechariah and Elizabeth, they both lived good lives in God's sight and obeyed fully all the Lord's laws. And commands. They had no children because Elizabeth could not have. You know, they, they live fully good lives. And they live fully all the Lord's law and commandment. These people, they didn't have two heads. They have one head like you and I. And the Bible said they served, you know, the Bible gave very good accounts of them. Another person that we can relate with very well is Cornelius. Many, many, many examples. You remember Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse 2. This one, he could even refer to this person as an unbeliever. In Corinthians chapter 10, verse 2, the Bible recorded about him that he was a religious man. At the time, he had not met Christ. But he was a religious man. He and his whole family worshipped God. He also did much to help the Jewish poor people and was constantly, what? Praying to God. If you see the relationship between all these things, they all are fellowship with God. Constant personal fellowship with God. That is why people of God, I want us to get to that point. Where we begin to look at it, we begin to see that this work is between you 
This fellowship is between you and God. And it is important that you fellowship with him correctly. You know, the beauty of it is that men may not see. People may not know. But God that you serve, that you worship, we know. We know you. We know that you are serving him. We know that you are genuinely fellowshipping with him. Because whether we like it or not, we must serve God. Except if we make up our mind not to serve God, to serve something else. And if we know that we must serve God, then we must do it right, the right way. And the right way is to have that relationship. Is to pray and seek for that grace. To be able to do so acceptably. Not to do it the way, the way we want. So people of God, I, I want us to rise up. And I want us to pray. In Acts chapter 4, verse 33. Acts 4, 33. In Acts 4, 33, the Bible says, And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord. And great grace was upon them all. You know, I want to us to bow down our heads and close our eyes to pray. Because you need that grace from God to be able to serve him acceptably. Without it, we will struggle. Without that, it will be impossible to serve God the way God wants to be served. Remember, it is not a function of how you want to do it. It is a function of how he wants you to do it. And so, because it is not going to happen by your own might, you need grace. You need help. And for that grace and help to be available, you need to have relationship with him. That's why we read all the ones we read. We read fellowship, work with God. You need to have genuine relationship. When I say genuine, genuine relationship with him. It is not a relationship on the lips. So if you are here, you have not given your life to Christ. It is another opportunity now to do so. We have another opportunity to, to surrender our life to him afresh. It doesn't matter how old you are. What is important is that you must serve God acceptably. And you need grace to do that. And for that grace to be available, you must surrender your life to that Jesus. The owner of that grace. You must surrender to him. Who owns the grace? Nobody can manufacture the grace. No king can give it. No pastor can give it. 
Only a relationship with Christ. So if you are here, you've not given your life to Christ or you want to rededicate. People of God, this is another opportunity. I want you to lift your hands up. Why all heads are bowed. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ and you want to plead to God for grace to serve God acceptably, just raise that hand up boldly. Don't let anybody, don't think anybody is looking at you smiling. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And thank you so much as well. I want you to just close your eyes and, and just ask, begin to ask God for help. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for these hands that were raised. It says, people that come to you, you will no wise cast out. Because they have come to you today as your children, even though as young as they are. Lord Jesus, I beg you, from this moment, let your spirit enter into them. Lord Jesus, every grace that they will need from this age to serve you acceptably, to serve you the way you want, to, you want us to serve you, Lord, you will release upon their lives. They will begin to serve you the way that you want them to serve you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, from now henceforth, when they call on you, you will answer them in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And the rest of us, please quickly, let's pray. Let's say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Let your great grace to serve you acceptably come upon me today in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Ask the Lord. That let your great grace to serve you and Let it come upon me. You know what grace. That great grace will do in your life. Is that. It will make. Evangelism. Not to be a struggle for you. Remember it happens in the life of the apostles. Great grace came upon them. You know, they, they began to minister. They began to go from one place to another. And souls, souls were won into the kingdom. So ask the Lord this morning that from nine's forth, even as I journey in this my service of you, oh Lord, great grace will, be, will come upon me and I will serve you acceptably all the days of my life. In the mighty name of Jesus. I will not serve you only with the words of my mouth. I will serve you with my whole heart, with my soul, with my body, with everything that you have given unto me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you because we know you have answered our prayers and I thank you for your children. As we have made a new commitment today, O oh Lord God Almighty, to serve you. Lord, the grace that is needed for us to be able to do it right. 
for us to be able to, to serve you in a way that will be acceptable to you. Lord, you will release upon each and every one of us. We will not struggle. We will not struggle to serve you. We will not struggle to worship you. Never, ever again. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. We hope that you were ministered to through this message. If you have any comment on this presentation or would like to contact us, our address is 38 to 40 Parsons Meet, West Croydon, CR03SL. To speak to a member of our team, you can call us on 0208 Our website address is www.croydontabernacle.org.uk. Thank you and God bless.